Well, my very special guest today is the uh, YMCA Bournemouth uh, Events Manager. Uh, very grand title. Of course, she, she doesn't just manage, you know. She, she's a doer, aren't you, Sheena? Well, there's a saying about if you're going to lead, lead from the front. Absolutely. And I've done a lot of crazy things in my day, Blair, working with the YMCA, as you most probably know. I did a sponsored silence once. Oh, yes. Now, uh, those of you who know Sheena will know that to do a sponsored silence, well, those two words, well, particularly the silence word, doesn't actually sit synonymously with Sheena because you're a bit of a talker, aren't you? Well, I am. And pe- lovely people like Alan Cartwright and Mark Kingpin, who I shared an office with in these days, I thought I was able to take business calls. I just couldn't do the chit-chat. But they wouldn't let me take business calls either. I had to be silent all day. But you know, Blair, I did it. Grit, determination. Mm. And that's what it's been like with the marathon, because I thought if I'm going to be asking people to run, well, no, let's get it clear. I'm not running. <laughs> I'm walking. But the virtual... London Marathon came about because of COVID and you'll all know the story of that and my lovely boss Martin who might be listening in purchased 50 tickets and then said Sheena here you are there's 50 tickets you can get 50 people to take part well that's not as easy as what it sounds but because it's the virtual London Marathon it has to be done on the same day so it's all been done on Sunday the 3rd of October but you get 24 hours to do it so if you want you can start at midnight run for a few hours and go home and go to bed and get up and if you want to. So you've got 24 hours you've to complete. You've got 24 the- hours to do it, whether you run, walk, crawl or jog. And we're talking 24 miles, is it? We're talking 26.2 miles. <laughs> 26.2. Just the very thought of it, you know. So my target is to do it in 10 hours. So in order to do this, you've put yourself into training, have you? I have put myself into training. Word has it that you ran to the studio this morning from the centre of Bournemouth, (laughs) left your car at home, and and is that true? No, it's not. I actually started at Sandbanks. No, Derek actually dropped me off because before I came, I was on the phone to Australia because I've got three people in Australia taking part as well. And Katie and Charlie, if you are listening in, well, you're having your tea tonight. (laughs) Thank you very much. Katie's my daughter-in-law. Charlie's my grandson. Um, And again, this is virtual London Marathon. This is the marathon. It's global. So they've got 50,000 people taking part all over the world. So my little group of 50 is quite insignificant, really. But yes, I've got Katie, but she's really struggling because they're still in lockdown and how they're going to do it, I've got no idea. Um, I've got three people in France and I've got eight soldiers from Tidworth Barracks. <laughs> now, here's the here's the million-dollar question, Sheena. How have you managed to get these people from literally all over the world <laughs> to actually... Uh, bend to your request in order to do this well Blair you know me <laughs> I do <laughs> I don't take no for an answer the short story there's never a short story in 2018 I went to a dinner at the air show with Dorset Co- Chamber of Commerce and Industry and the guest speaker was some very high up army man I can't even remember his title but he was top of the tree and he was the guest speaker and at the end I said hello my name's Sheena Damon I'm from the YMCA would you like to sleep outside in a cardboard box and that's how it all began and he passed it down and for two years the soldiers said no and in 2020 I finally got to speak to somebody a wee bit further down the tree and he said Sheena 
We've let you down for the last two years, but we're, I'm going to lead from the front and I'm going to see if I can get 10 people to walk the marathon. And that's how I got them on board. Mm. Well, it does say that perseverance then is, it, it pays, doesn't it? It's a good biblical principle. <laughs> and, you know, as I've been walking along, the verses that have been popping into my mind, and I'm thinking, wow, and they've taken on a whole new meaning. Somebody said to me, how do you walk all that way with nobody to talk to? And I said, <laughs> I talk to Jesus. And somebody else said, what, out loud? And I said, yeah, nobody bats an eyelid because everybody's walking along on their mobile phones. Everybody looks like they're talking to themselves. Well, but actually, you know, I, I was in a restaurant once and I, 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 there was a chap actually sat quite close to me talking. Well, I thought talking to himself, you know, I thought that poor man, you know, uh, I don't understand. He's just talking away there as if he was having, well, he was having a conversation because in his ears he had his uh, AirPods. And of course, uh, I now know that you can have your mobile phone and your AirPods, as, and I've seen loads of people do it, and they're talking away at the top of their voice, you know. But to anybody else watching, of course, it looks as if they're talking to themselves. But hey, mm. hey ho. Yeah. Now, have you have you got your fifty? Well, I did get my fifty, and I was very pleased. I was extremely pleased. But twelve people have dropped out. Twelve people have dropped out. See, they they can't stay the course. Then, Two can soldiers. They? Injured. Two people serious with COVID. Two people major surgery. <laughs> An assortment of others. And Blair, I'm still going. So they they actually have all got a good excuse. But you're here on the programme to... Uh, so, no, no, so the people are listening, see. Now, well, I hope they, they are. They're, they're, not, they're not here in the room no, with us. You know, but, 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 but you know, have a go at doing what you would do if they were here in the studio. So you've got, you've got 12 prospective people. It's too here. late. It's too late. Too late! 16th of September was the cut-off date. Can they come out in sympathy? They can come out in sympathy. They can come to Pool Park on Sunday the 3rd of October at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Maybe they should come at 3 because you never know, I might get blown along in a wind of... <laughs> <laughs> 4 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, they can come and greet me. And the date is October? Sunday the 3rd of October. But if they want... At, now let me, you shouldn't have asked me this question, but if they want, they can pitch up at Christchurch Bandstand. So if they want to be there at half past eight, they'll be saying hello to me at my first eight miles. That would be nice, they could just wave. Or if they want to be at the car park at Hengrisby Head, um, so half past eight, about nine o'clock, I can say hello to them there. Or if they want to have a coffee at the Hungry Hiker, I can say hello to them there at 11 o'clock. And then I'm passing through Boscombe Pier direction. I've got somebody there, they're bringing me a banana and a drink. So you, know, I've, you can imagine, I'm, I'm an events organiser. <laughs> you're being very specific about these times. Now, you're, you're walking the, the I'm course. Walking. Your course. So, how can this you, is the way. Walk ye in it. <laughs> so how can you be quite specific about the times and have you had a practice? Well, Blair, I've had a lot of practice. <laughs> <laughs> when I started about six months ago, I meant, well, we met lockdown, we were all going out for walks, weren't we? So Derek and I would do our walks and two hours every day was a bit fine. That's, you know, no one hour. We're only allowed it for one hour, aren't we? So slowly by slowly, and then when this came about, I thought, well, we just need to make sure we do two hours every day. And that was okay. I mean, not two hours, two miles. And at that point, I could walk about 23 miles an hour. Is that right? No, that's not wrong. I could walk one mile, one mile in 23 minutes. Okay. That was how I started. Because I do walk quite fast. I'm a bit, a bit like my talking. I walk fast and whatever. 
So anyway, we did two miles and I did that a couple... There's a, there's a whole programme that tells you what to do every single day. So you walk, you rest, you walk, you rest. And I stuck to this. But the first time I did eight miles was going up and down by the golf course. I can't remember the name of that road, but you know where that is, near where I live. And it's one mile from end to end. And this was in the winter, so it was, this was, must have been whenever, but it was dark. And my colleague, Cassie, who you know, she was on her phone. And every mile I checked in and she had the timer going and she was letting me know. But when I got to six miles, and I was actually quite tired and it was getting quite dark. I was getting quite scared as well. And I said to Cassie, if you don't hear from me at the next mile, I was last seen walking down the road wearing a green T-shirt on the left-hand side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> and I got home and I thought, I can't do this. That was eight miles. A few weeks later, it was 10 miles, and I did that with Elaine Cowley. And when we got to eight miles, I said, I can't do any more, Elaine. Come on, come on. And we did 10 miles, and then it was 12 miles, and then it was 14 miles, and then it was 16 miles. And somewhere in the middle of all that, I changed my route, because originally I was just going to walk around Pool Park in circles. And Timothy said I would get bored and I would get dizzy. <laughs> so when I got up to about 16 miles, that was when I decided... And Derek had to drop me off in the morning and pick me. You know, it was a whole load of faff, really. So then I thought, no, I'm going to do this. I don't need Derek to be dropping me off. So my route is I'm leaving my house at half past six in the morning, heading to Tuckton over the bridge to Christchurch six times round the duck pond at the Priory <laughs> and I've done that lots of times and I know that that takes me two hours and it's always taken me two hours so you know that's why I can be quite specific yeah. now with all of this practice you've obviously getting fitter and fitter and fitter well I have I've lost half a stone <laughs> <laughs> and so has Derek <laughs> your poor husband uh, well, that's uh, Rent Collective, which, by the way, Sheena, are coming to Bournemouth uh, in, in October. I need to look up the exact date. But, and I'm uh, going to be in holiday. Oh, no. Awful, isn't it? Yeah. I know, yeah. I can't believe it. I thought, oh, it would be really nice to see them. But I think it's just the week after um, my other fundraising event, which is people sleeping outside in cardboard boxes. And I'm going to be sleeping in a house of joy. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's talk a wee bit about Simon, because you, you, when you were introducing the song there, you, you talked about your son who got very ill and then sadly uh, passed away. I, I probably, um, well, I, I can't imagine, I mean, it must have been the most difficult thing that you've ever had to face and w- walk through. Uh, but it's also connected, of course, with why you're wearing that headband. Do you want to tell us why? Well, when Simon was diagnosed, I can remember the day, cl- the day clearly, but I won't go into the details. You'll have to read it all in the book when I finally get to write it. But I had a few choices to make that day. It was devastating. Katie phoned me at half past seven in the morning to tell me that Simon was in hospital and we didn't know for 48 hours just exactly what that meant. But I put out on Facebook that I wanted people to pray for me. And the verse that came into my head is a verse that I've known for many, many years. And it was, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I don't know who you are listening in this morning and what you think about Christian things, what you think about God or what you think about the devil. But I've got quite a lot to say, to say about both of these things. And, you know, the enemy wants to steal our joy. That's his focus in life is to steal our joy. And if the enemy steals our joy and the joy of the Lord is my strength, I'm stuffed. <laughs> That's a nice way to put it, Sheena. That is a theological statement you know and that, that's it that's it and I won it so I was determined that whatever happened 
the enemy was not going to steal my joy. Now, Blair, that doesn't mean that I was going around with a big beam on my face like a Cheshire cat, because I wasn't. And a lot of people, when they spoke to me, said they didn't get it, they didn't understand. And I said, joy is not the same as happiness. Joy is not something that comes along that makes you feel different. Joy is what you get right in the middle of the sadness. So in those days when I was saying, Lord, what is this all about? This is my boy, he's only 34. The joy was there. It was hard and it was tough. And even telling you now, four years later, you can hear my voice is still cracking. But Blair, I can sit here and say that the joy of the Lord has been my strength through the hard times and through the good times. And even Katie in Australia, we send each other things with joy on it. And you'll see my headband. Well, that's digressing on another story. Let's stick with Simon. But the interesting thing is, when Simon knew that he was dying, he, he thought it might only be weeks to start with. Praise God, he had eight months. And the first thing that Simon said was, and you're not going to get me doing any marathons to raise money for car- cancer research. <laughs> so although I'm not doing this for cancer research, <laughs> Simon's, it's, it's all part of his legacy as well. Mm. Um, I, I mean, you said earlier on that, I mean, it probably was definitely the most difficult thing that you and Derek, your husband, have ever had to walk through. But I remember you saying to me that 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 everywhere you went, you were saying the word joy. I think you, you were in a shop in Lincoln and you went in there and, well, you tell the story better than me. It was just incredible. Um, everywhere I went, I saw the word joy and people who went, Christians or didn't have a faith were texting me, they were whatsapping me and they were saying look what we saw they were seeing joy as well so for me, I was helping others to find joy, it was very random, what Blair's talking about was when we were in Lincoln and it was in the early days of Simon's illness and we had gone to the chemist to get a prescription for injections for when he got the pain and I, and I, I cried the whole way, I was Lara Martin um, it's got an amazing song and I was trying to sing this song in the car and all that came out was tears and tears and tears and I got to the chemist and I was in a right state and the, the woman looked up at me and she looked down and she said I've got a son that age come back in 20 minutes for the prescription now, it was Christmas, it was just before Christmas and we were Lincoln's very pretty and we're going in and out all these shops and I'm going into the shops and I'm saying do you have anything with joy on it? And they were saying, oh, we've got ho-ho-ho and we've got Father Christmas. And I said, no, no, it's not quite the same. And I went into this really nice shop called The Sanctuary. It was a coffee shop. And I said, would you happen to have anything with joy on it by any chance? And the guy said, oh, yeah. And he brings out this big red sign that says joy in metal with little white lights. Very, very, not, you know, OT. It was, it was very nice. It was very tasteful. And he told me how much it was, and I said, well, it's a bit more than what I'd hoped to be. I just wanted something small. And he said, oh, it's got a wee bit of a mark here, as he took £20 off. Oh. Katie now has that in Australia today. And that sat in Katie's house, and that was the beginning of it all. When, after Simon died, and Katie knew she was going... Well, after Simon died, there was lots of stuff. Simon was a bit like his dad. And maybe we should say that Katie, of course, is Simon's wife. Katie, sorry. Katie is Simon's wife. So I went to Lincoln to help her sort out the things. So there was piles of things that were going to the charity shop. There was piles of things that Katie was holding on to. There was piles of things that were going to Australia. And piles of things that didn't want to go to Australia or Katie didn't want to hold on to. But she didn't want to give them away at that point. So, of course, they came home with Grandma. So our car is then full with golf clubs, records, because Simon was a DJ, full to the roof of all Simon's earthly possessions. 
And I just turned around and I saw them and I just burst into tears. And I thought, this is just ridiculous. And again, Blair, the verse that came into my, my head was, well, I, I don't know, I'm not going to quote it properly, but we don't consist of the things that we have because Simon had, and Simon loved Jesus and Simon's now in heaven, but this was the things that were important to him. His records, there was like 500 records and his golf clubs. And what did it what did it matter? Anyway, Derek was pulling in for petrol and his, after he got his petrol, he stopped to pump up the tyres. And I couldn't even see out because my glasses were all steamed up. And I looked over where Derek was pumping up the tyres and it was the car wash. And it was called Enjoy Wash. I've never seen one of these before. I've never seen one since. <laughs> but I saw one that day and I really saw it. I took a picture of it. Blair, that's happened so many times. When I was out walking Christchurch Priory, just the other, whatever it was, six miles Joy Plumbing um, van drove in. And of course, I'm waving to... I mean, people look at me as I'm a bit crazy, but you know that anyway, don't you? <laughs> so I'm waving at this guy, and he's, he's, I'm walking along like this, and I said, Joy Plumbing. And I'm telling him to roll down the window, and I said, so where, where did that name come from? He said, oh, it's the name of the boss. So I said, oh, are you the boss? <laughs> he said, oh, no, I just work for him. I said, is the boss here? No, the boss is not here. I said, well, that's an amazing, an amazing thing. I said, Joy's very important to me. Look, I've got it on my headband. And he looked at me as though she's most probably just got out for the day. <laughs> <laughs> Today, of course, our very special guest is, uh, is YMCA uh, Bournemouth Events Manager. Um, and she's just been sharing... Sheena Damon, I should say her name is. Uh, uh, I just say that everybody has a smile on their face because if you know Sheena, she is quite a character. You're not backward at coming forward, are you, Sheena? Well, I used to be very shy, really. I blame it all on Derek. You know, he sort of taught me how to talk to me. No, I, I don't. It's, it's a God thing. It is. I believe that God It says you should fan up the gift within you. And I didn't really know that I had a gift there that was talking to people. It doesn't say that in the Bible where it lists the gifts, but yeah, getting alongside people and talking to people is. But it obviously sharing works. Sharing the joy. Because I mean, over the years, you have encouraged, I think that's the word, a whole army of people to do things that maybe. I mean, you mentioned earlier on about sleeping out in cardboard boxes for the homeless, because obviously you're you're currently working for the YMCA that's doing fantastic work, you know, with people who are homeless and lots of other things. But but there you are getting people to sleep out and in- encourage. But that's not the only thing that you've been doing, is it? So what are you alluding to? Well, tell us about <laughs> all the other th- impossible things that you've got people to do. Well... I've just dug four wells in Africa. Was that maybe one of the things? Well, you can start with that one. Well, okay, that's another long story, but um, that's with another charity, and it wasn't really me that got them to do it, but I suppose it was. But in Simon's memory, we now have four wells in Africa. The first one's called Simon's Well, the second one's called the Well of Joy, and the third one's called the Well of Peace, and the fourth one, I think, might be called Aorta, um, because Simon had a very good, well, still has a very good friend, and he's actually running the proper marathon to raise money for um, the fourth well in Africa. And these wells are attached to churches, and people not only go and get water, but they hear about the living water. So Simon's legacy is that all over Africa, there are people 
um, hearing about Jesus um, and that's quite amazing as well and uh, yeah I, I did do a few fundraising things to, to raise that money but we won't go into that um, and there's another verse in the Bible that says with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation so that's that's really good but yeah I suppose I am good at twisting arms um, and Blair I remember in the early days of me being in YMCA I remember you taking me along to some breakfasts or some business meetings with local councillors and the town centre manager I think it was and I was actually quite quiet then if you do remember I wasn't quite as, as I am now and I remember thinking oh I don't know what I need to say to these people I remember meeting David Smith I met him in one of my walks by the way he cycled along on his bike beside me anyway Ian Girling, who I don't think is listening to this, but some people might be that know him. Ian Girling is the chief executive of Dorset Chamber of Commerce. And he slept outside in a cardboard box and raised £6,000 with his team. And at five o'clock in the morning, we were talking about how his shoes were frozen solid to the ground. But, you know, as a result of that, during lockdown... Um, Dorset Chamber of Commerce and Industry. I'm not answering your question. I've gone off on a tangent, but Dorset Chamber. Which of what you do, Sheena, Dor- yeah. Dorset <laughs> Chamber of Commerce and Industry have a magazine called the Dorset Business Focus, and in the July edition of the Dorset Business Focus, where it talks about Brexit and business strategy and all the things that you know about Blair, there was an article that said "Finding Joy at Work" by Sheena Damon. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I just kind of convince people to do anything, really. Yeah. But I suppose. The, the most important thing is why you do it and you, and you because you've been doing it I mean you've been working for the YMCA in, in a number of different roles and uh, 16 years gosh a long time isn't it though mind you if you said quickly it doesn't seem that way but over those years of course you've met hundreds and tons of people many of them of course you've had on Hope FM because you used to do a lot more with Hope FM before we we moved uh, here to our new our new base. Uh, uh, but you're always phoning me up and saying, Blair, could you just?" Uh, but also, of course, uh, you've recommended people that I can talk to, which is which has been a great resource. Well, Peter Rufus from Helpful Hounds. Yes, there's three people running wearing. They're not wearing vests, but they're doing 50-50, so 50% is going to the YMCA and 50% is going to Helpful Hounds. And I've also got two ladies who are raising 50% for the Leaf Charity and I've got one raising money for um, FaithWorks Wessex. Well, all, all of this, of course, is, is connecting people, but actually raising, in this case, quite substantial sums of money for very, very good causes that, of course, make a big difference to people's lives. I know that your chief motivation is your faith, and you've talked openly and very naturally about that you know, throughout the, throughout the, the programme. And I know that you were sustained you know, with Simon's uh, you know, passing and so on. And the joy because you know where he is. Um, but but as you look forward in, in the coming weeks and months, I mean, obviously the, you're going to be doing on October the 3rd uh, the actual walk, in your case, <laughs> um, of 26.3 miles. Two miles, 26.2. Which you will, will do. But what else have you got in store that people may be could link up with well we've got the big sleep that's become an annual event as well and that's on the 16th of october and there's still plenty of room for people to take part in that you get a cardboard box well actually i'll give you four cardboard boxes and um, you'll come along to talbot wood school talbot heath school i always get it mixed up um over there in branksome you'll meet with another 40 50 60 people even i've got 10 people from the um 
soldier cadets coming along. Um, there's some churches involved, mainly businesses. So you sleep outside in a cardboard box for the night. I'm going to be in my house of joy. And, and you get your sponsors to do that. You so. get people to sponsor you to do it. Um, in 2019, 145 people did it and we raised £45,000. That was quite substantial. Um, this year, because of covid I'm struggling to get 60 at the moment but I would really like to have 100 so if you would like to sleep out in a cardboard box and you don't have to come to the school you can do it in your garden if you want to because people did that last year we had solicitors and accountants and all sorts of people slept in the garden so if you want to be involved get in touch with me um, Sheena D at I nearly said at hopefm.com <laughs> Yes, that's right <laughs> I nearly did that, just came out so naturally Sheena.damon at ymcabournemouth.org.uk But if you just Google um, YMC Bournemouth, my name and my phone number is all over the website and if you would like to do that, that would be that would be amazing How do you come up with these ideas? I mean obviously you've been doing very successfully the sleep bites and, and of course the, the marathon but do you, do you lie in bed at night thinking Oh, that would be a good thing to try. I know. I, like I walking do. on coals. And I know. Well, the thing is, in the charity world, we're all kind of friends together and we all kind of share ideas. Um, on this Friday night, actually, at Sturminster Marshall, my colleague Jason's organised this. We're trying to start to break a Guinness Book of Records having the biggest number of people in the one place drinking non-alcoholic cocktails. And some people are also going to be spending the night in a cardboard box after that. So... Watch this space. Mm. Well, Sheila, thank you so much once again for joining me on, uh, on there. It's always a delight uh, to have you. And don't be a stranger. You know, be back. So when you have your next events planned, you know, come along and tell us about them. I will. For people who want to support what you've already talked about, you know, and making a big difference, of course, to the work of YMCA Bournemouth, uh, if they wanted to donate, uh, get involved, is the best thing to do to check out that website that you talked about? The best thing is, well, no, well, you can go onto the YMCA website and you'll, you'll find some information there and you can contact me directly. But if you just go to Virgin Money Given and type in my name, I'll, I'll pop up. I mean, there's thousands of people on there. So you would have to put Sheena Damon, YMCA, but it's quite easy. Um... And then, yeah, it would be great if you could if you could drop me. A, even somebody said, "Can I sponsor you per mile?" Well, I give you a pound, and I said, "Oh, that would be lovely." And he said, "How many miles are you walking?" And he said, "Oh no, I'll give you I'll give you ten. Um, but if you want to sponsor me a penny a mile, that's fine. Twenty six p for all you thousands of people listening in will come to a lot of money." <laughs> well, your last song uh, I think sums it all up, doesn't it? And it's it's good, good father. Do you want to introduce it, Tina? I sing that as I'm walking along the beach and I've done that in the wind and the rain with the rain coming in my face and I'm still plodding on. But, you know, it is a good, good father. No matter what we go through, God is good. He's good. That's his character. He's a good God. And whatever happens, even though we don't understand it, and Blair, I don't understand most of it. I don't understand why Simon died early. I don't understand why we're in covid there's lots I don't understand, but I know that God is good.